Welcome, everybody, to the famous Hollywood Godfather podcast. I, can't I didn't know we were famous. Well, I just thought through that and I thought we'd make us uh, famous, uh, make uh, us famous like for a minute. That like voice it. you're hearing is the, none other than Pat Piccarelli, a, a co-author, my friend, and co-host. Good evening, everybody, or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Yes. So, I love the subject tonight. You brought yes, it up, so, or, or did, you, did you bring it up, or did somebody in the mailbag? No, I, I I did. I was just I was doing some uh, research on the topic we're going to be speaking about tonight. Jenny, Jenny, and I always talk a couple of days ahead of the uh, show where we're going to talk about it. As you realize, we have a very relaxed atmosphere here. We just kick back our feet. And we just talk. Yeah. Anyway, I was doing some uh, research on the San Gennaro Festival in Little Italy, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's an annual street fair that uh, uh, has its roots in the early 1900s. And it's uh, a charitable event for the Church of St. Uh, Gennaro, which is in Little Italy. And St. Gennaro, for the people who don't know, is a Namalidan saint. Anybody from yes. Neapolitans loved it. My grandmother was Neapolitan, so she was a staple there, along with the Lady of Moncomo feast, also for Neapolitans. <laughs> yeah, you know, the majority of pe people, I mean, particularly now, don't know what the hell they're getting themselves into. They just want to go down, have a good time. Eat sausage and food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat, eat good food, play some games. But this is, uh, was originally established as a charitable event. And uh, as, as uh, part of this event, I know when I first started going when I was a kid, I mean, I, I just lived around the corner. Uh, they had this statue of the saint covered with money. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and St. Gennaro, and, just so you know, was controlled by Precious Blood Church, yeah. which is uh, on the back door of Mulberry Street. Yeah, well, I tell you, I mean, I used to get as close as I could to that, you know, to that cash. But there were, there were, there were hundred dollar bills. There were hundred dollar bills tacked on there. Oh, mob guys, forget about it. Mob. Yeah. See what what they do for the people who don't know. They would parade this saint down the street, and guys would carry it on their shoulder, and then they would stop so many feet for you to pin money on these ribbons that were draped on them, and they would keep adding ribbons. Now, all the mob guys, like Pat said, they've been a $100 bill. That's what it meant to them, to come do that for their mother and their sisters. But by the end of the night, there was thousands of dollars on that saint. Oh, at, at, at the end of the night, you couldn't even see the statue of the saint. Yeah, just it his was head just covered was, with money. just his face was showing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, it was it was always a fun time. We always had a good time. It was never any trouble down there. I mean, it was it was uh, it it uh, went for five blocks, and the streets were closed. And as uh, you, you explained to me the other night, there's something I didn't know: five blocks, five families. Yeah, and that's when, when people don't know that in the twenties, after Gambino came here in 1917, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, he so was already a made guy. And he came here, my Uncle Angelo and some people from Sicily sent him here to clean up the Moderato gang who was in New York, 
who was shaking down all the Italian immigrants. <laughs> they were shaking down their own people for security and, and uh, protection. And so when he found out, that's when they created the five families. And that street on Mulberry Street happened to be a big money-making street. So a lot of the families divvied it up so they never have a problem like they did in Vegas, people don't realize. Yeah. Why there was never a problem in Vegas, never solved the problem with the mob in Vegas, because it was understood that the, the families of the United States, from New England all the way south, all had a hotel or two that was their property. They ran it the way they wanted with who they wanted. And that's why until... You know, we found out many years, even on our show, that we let you know, Howard Hughes was one of the guys that infiltrated the mob with the FBI, Bill Dana and, and Bob Mayhew and similar. We had in the 80s special prosecutor Giuliani, an Italian, no less. Well, I, I tell you, you know, this guy, you know, uh, he's a shadow of his former self. I mean, Giuliani... For those of you who aren't old enough or didn't pay attention, after the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks, he was called America's mayor. This guy could do no wrong. And he deserved the title. I mean, he pulled the city together. He uh, he uh, marched with his police commissioner and everybody that, that you know, big uh, people that work for the city marched down to the uh, to the nine uh, eleven uh, to the pile every day gave speeches, talked to cops, talked to firemen. I mean, he did a hell of a job. No, it's funny. It's funny you should bring that up because I, I up until that day of 9-11, every, most Italians, especially Italians from the streets, didn't like Giuliani because he's Italian and they felt he was going after Italians. Yeah. And, and like you pointed, I was with Bill Clinton, no less, on 9-11. We were in Double Bay, Australia, doing a, a, charitable, a charitable event. And when that happened, the second plane hit the second building, I actually watched it from my room in Double Bay, Australia, in the presidential suite, and at the end of the hallway, in the other side of the suite, was President Bill Clinton, <laughs> or ex-president at the time. Yeah, he was out of office by then. But uh, uh, Giuliani went from... Uh, I mean, he, he almost became the president, only he was, uh, uh, I think they asked him in a debate how many girlfriends he had, and he got confused. I don't know, the guy, <laughs> the, the, the guy his, was his just- His wife could have yeah. told him. They should yeah. have asked his wife. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, he was just, he didn't fit the presidential mold. So anyway, he had a problem with that. But aside from that, he, he was a gangbuster, a, a true gangbuster. I mean, he decided he was going to get rid of the heads of the five families and uh, everybody looked at him like he was crazy because he figured if you cut the head of the snake off, then the rest of the snake can't survive. Well, we know that's not true, but he still put the heads of the five families away for a hundred years each. Yeah, I know it was crazy. And, uh, when that was done, uh, I mean, he was a shoe in to, to become the mayor. He had no problem becoming the mayor. Right. And uh, now that he's in office, he has to come up with some kind of crusade and his crusade was to get the mob out of the San Gennaro feast. This was in 1996. I remember it well. That's when he started it. And he said, I'm going to uh, rid the mob, uh, rid the San Gennaro feast of the mob and the Fulton fish market. 
Now, those of you who don't know what the Fulton fish market is, all the fish uh, that comes into this country from Europe and some from uh, the West uh, West Coast too, Asia, winds up in the Fulton fish market on the uh, on the East Coast of New York. This was Lower Manhattan, practically as far down south as you can get on Fulton on, Street. Yeah, on Fulton on the East River. Yeah, uh, next to the uh, the old uh, New York Post building, the mob ran that ran that entirely. You couldn't eat a fish in this town without it having an Italian accent. I mean, or the surrounding four states. It was all shipped right. out of here. Yeah, I mean, it was it was completely controlled by the mob. Now, what did the mob do? They ran it well. <laughs> they weren't hurting anybody. Like fish a prices, great machine, like they always yeah, do. Fish prices were always kept low. You know, uh, uh, back in the day, and it wasn't too long ago. It was you know in, in the up until the late nineties. Uh, the, the, the cheapest wholesome meal you could eat if you were going out shopping for your family was fish. And now it's more expensive than steak. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, I, you know. Sal- I just bought salmon the other day. One hunk of salmon was like 12 bucks. Unbelievable. Oh, I buy fish just for me and a friend. Every two, three times a week, it's $40, $50 for two people. I know. Very expensive. But mm-hmm. the mob kept control of the uh, prices. They had their own way of uh, fixing prices. They bought, they bought it for what they wanted to buy it for. Everybody made money. Everybody was happy. I don't think anybody had to be paid off. It was a it was a fish market. And it was controlled so, by the mob. Like so many times, as you and I hear from our, our listeners even, and other cities that were controlled by the mob, they always said when the mob was controlling, it was better run. <laughs> like Vegas was better oh, run. Oh, yeah, without a yeah, doubt. New York City was better run. I just read in the newspaper the other day, do you, do we all miss John Gotti now because the streets are so terrorized? <laughs> like uh, I don't know it, if he had anything to clean it up, but I, you know, it was, they they blamed they awarded even Giuliani for cleaning up Times Square and get yeah, rid of all the hookers. I mean, it's a, well, you were on the but, job uh, yet then too, weren't you? Uh, I, I used to go there with, to the Fulton Fish Market a lot with my father because the restaurant was pretty. You could walk there. Oh yeah, that, yeah. But we used we used to buy the fish there in the Fulton Fish Market. And we used to go to the west side to buy the meat, the, right. the meatpacking district. Right. There's also a loan on the west side. I mean, warehouse after warehouse of just hanging beef. And I recall the first time I went there with my father. I mean, you know, you see a steak on your plate, and you don't relate to the fact that it belonged to a cow at one time. Hello. You know? uh, and we used to go to these to these warehouses with uh, deep freezers. And you go in there, and the entire cow, minus its head, is hanging up. Oh, yeah, they uh, slaughtered them right there. Day yeah, in and day you out. pick, you pick the cut of meat you want, and then they deliver it to your restaurant. So before we left, this is the first time I went with him. He had a stamp with uh, with the name of the restaurant on it, uh, and it was a regular uh, rub, uh, rubber stamp. You had to have an ink pad. Yeah. He would stamp all the, the meat that he bought because he said occasionally, and I thought it was a lot more than occasionally. If you didn't stamp your meat, what meat you bought, you didn't get. Right. He got a, a more of an inferior cut, so he wanted to get what he paid for. So he had, so he, he had this stamp. And, uh, but and if, I re- right. if I remember right, that that's a while back. If I remember right, the meat market where you bought your meat, they supplied yeah. you with that stamp, so so you felt comfortable that you were getting what yeah. you paid for. Because you didn't walk right. out with it, like you said, you know, because you pay for it and you're left with nothing. Then they deliver it. <laughs> yeah. you know, so. yeah. and, and sometimes, with, with, you know, you you bought the sixty pounds of filet mignon. 
right. and you, you wound up with some ground beef, you begin to wonder if the system isn't working. You know? Right. But this was on uh, Little West 12th Street was was the was the, the the meat district. Anyway, everything is running fine, and they Giuliani decides he's going to take over the San Gennaro Festival. He's going to take over the Fulton Fish Market. He finds a police officer who I worked with knew very well. He was just uh, he was a, a patrol sergeant by that time. I believe it was a sergeant by that time in the 41 precinct, uh, which was called Fort Apache. And we had uh, Detective Ralph Friedman on the show, uh, and we, we heard all about Fort Apache. But uh, Joe didn't have any experience with running businesses. I mean, he wound up running the Fulton Fish Market. And he did a good job, but, I mean, he couldn't control prices, and that's when the prices started to go up. Oh, well, yeah, you because, know? you know, you can't push these guys around. And they yeah, he was, he was running it. He was running it as best he could, and then he retired. I was into that. But uh, uh, how, how exactly did Giuliani get or try to get the the, uh, the mob off of Mulberry Street for the festival? Well, first of all, I don't think he did his homework because the mob is still there. Like you and I, we we just saw all kinds of publicity or if it was publicity or editorial saying there's no longer the mob, which I thought was very funny because last week we saw in the New York Post some guy, I don't want to mention his name, I don't even know him, and I've been from Mobile Street 80 years, and he's saying that, no, we don't even sell Godfather memorabilia. And they're right, but they sell Soprano. So who's getting the I kickback? <laughs> Yeah. Well, they interviewed that guy. He was on uh, network news a couple of nights ago. I, I, you know, I've been out of there a long time, but is that that guy's not from the neighborhood? I'm I know sure. it. He's just they made yeah. him the chairman now, like, like they did another guy that I know. I can't mention his name because he's alive, but and he, he's a Jewish guy, a publicity guy. So they made him the head of the feast, figuring put him in, and he's being told what to take and what not to take. <laughs> Well, this this guy, uh, he looked like he was in his 50s, had white hair with glasses, very distinguished-looking guy. He's emphasizing the fact that he, they will not sell uh, uh, Godfather memorabilia, uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, or whatever, because it gives the mob a bad name. And uh, No, it gives the, the city, the, 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 the feast, a bad name, that the yeah. mob is still there. Who's he yeah, kidding? Yeah, I mean— it was ridiculous, and as as Gianni said, yeah, they got the Godfather stuff off a table, and the next table over they have Soprano stuff. Yeah, you and then Soprano T-shirts. That, that's okay. But it's funny if any any intelligent OCB guy on the job yet walks down the street, the guys that are sitting on the chairs turned around backwards in front of the restaurants. They all have sheets, maybe 50, 60 years doing time. What are they doing in the neighborhood? Watching people walk around? They're running yeah. that They're running that block. Are so, you crazy? <laughs> you had a booth there at one time, right? Oh, yeah. I had a booth early on. But when I came, when I came back, they, they were, Giuliani was already in effect. See, Giuliani, as you pointed out earlier, this when he got into to office and started this, this was in the 80s. And he did it for almost a decade or more. And then was 9-11, obviously, and that made him a bigger light. And now I come back to New York, and I had a booth. And, and my, my booth, I don't, I, I don't know if you'd associate this to Godfather memorabilia, but I had wife-beating uh, uh, T-shirts, the wife-beaters, oh, yeah. right? 
And it yeah. sat on it. Carlo didn't get me, and I had them in every color. Every <laughs> every woman bought them. It was the biggest thing down there. It was, how to well, sell? Oh, how to sell? I mean, amazing. Yeah. But you know, my friend, I could talk to him about him now, Matty the Horse. But I happened to be on his block because I wanted to be, and he ra- he ran from you know, um, housing down. And that's where Umberto's Clam House was. That's where the Mulberry <laughs> Street Bar is. That's where the Lamella Restaurant is. And guess who's the landlord? Him. He owns the buildings. So well, now, he also owned uh, Umberto's. That's what I'm saying, Umberto's Clam House. Yeah. 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 I, I recall him there when I used to go there with my oh, dad. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, he's dead, unfortunately. He's a great guy. And, and, and a couple of other people that we all knew. But... Do people really think they ain't kicking back to somebody? There's people on that block yet that they okay. and they want to. They want to run it the way it was, not the mishmash that it got to be. When everybody in the world was shaking them down, and every walk of life is down there now. Well, we have to clear up the fact that this wasn't a shakedown. No, this was, uh, you know. They they kept that feast running. They didn't say, you know, uh, uh, pay us X number of dollars, and the next day, they, 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 you know, they come back and they want twice as much. This was a set fee. If you wanted a booth, you paid for it. What festival, what feast, what carnival can you go into? What convention where you set up a table that you don't have to pay for that privilege? That's right. Okay, you don't do it for free. What was, what if you recall, what was the uh, the amount that they wanted? I pay, I think I was for the whole feast I paid twenty five hundred, which oh, is like not, ten days. Yeah, and that was in the nineties because I came yeah. back. I, I came back to I closed my club in Vegas and I moved back to New York where I'm sitting now, but uh, I wasn't here as much because on the weekends I was always in Vegas for years and as we pointed in the book, fifteen years before that even, but. Um, I was gone 30 years, 59 to 89 when I came back after my incident in State Street. But I, I saw no changes. I go If I wanted to, and I haven't been down the neighborhood now for four years because of COVID, and they invited me down again this, this year. In fact, Maddie's niece called me, and she said, uh, Johnny, would you come down one, one Saturday and I'm reading about this guy who wanted to buy the Godfather there. And she said, all we want you to do, now I realize why she said, all we want you to do is walk around and go to the restaurants and see people on the street and shake hands and represent the Godfather for the 50th anniversary. And I was going to say, aren't you watching the news? <laughs> yeah. No, I think they were talk- just talking about uh, uh, things that you can purchase, like shirts, things emblazoned with the Godfather logo. Well, I think, I think Carlo Rizzi shaking hands as Carlo Rizzi from The Godfather is, is a, I, a big representation of The, of the Godfather movie being in the Hey, we have a book coming out. All the publicity that we can get. Oh, I'll get, get it. Believe me, I'll get it right. Yeah. The only reason I didn't go, though, was not because they told me not to. They wanted me to go. And uh, I didn't go because I haven't been hanging out in crowds of that size. And this year it was insane, I heard, because the weather yeah. was so good. But I have not got COVID. I'm going to be 80 years old. Yeah, I've been very cautious. It. You know, to be, I didn't yeah. do it. And, you know, and people have to understand, you know, what you're saying is the crowds there, you know, you can't envision a crowd 
unless you've been to the San Janeiro Festival. Oh, shoulder literally, to shoulder. It's crazy. Literally, shoulder to shoulder people. You have to turn sideways to get through the crowd. To walk a block tires you out. Well, I tell you right now, if, if you didn't want to walk the block, you were shuffled up by all the people yeah, around yeah, you. Yeah, you were going up the block no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely true. You got pushed up, up yeah. the block. People just walking. It was like literally a sea of people. And I mean, you know, you have to have a hollow leg because every stand that you pass has has different Italian aromas coming from it. You got to try oh, it. Oh yeah, you know? it's amazing. Uh, it's the last time I had the uh, Zeppelins there. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're like sinkers. I must have had like twenty of them. I was sick for a week. I, I had. A, I, I, I remember the first time I came back and I was talking to some tourists, and they said, "Is it a tradition for all the men?" To carry their children on their shoulders, I and said that they don't want to lose them. I said no, if, you, if they don't want to be stomped on and killed. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, I didn't think of that. You, like a little kid, two or three feet tall, you wouldn't even see them on the street. You may not see them for a year; they'd be gone." <laughs> no, I tell you, uh, funny you should, you should bring that up. We almost lost uh, Zach in that crowd. Zach was about four. That's and, his uh, son. He's talking about. Yeah, so yeah, our audience knows. I know we're yeah, all not we, uh, intimate with Pat's family, but Zach is his son. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, Zach is about four. Alex is pushing seven. And he was standing with us. And Zach just turns around, takes two steps, Johnny, two steps. And I lost. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was gone. And, you, you know, the panic. I mean, nobody snatched him or anything. He just no, got sucked I, up I, into I, the just, ground. Hold on. But, he's, but not only that. I mean, if you're a kid, you love them. I mean, Jesus. I, oh, I, lost, I, I lost my daughter in F.A.O. Schwartz the same way during Christmas. I panicked, and that's F.A.O. Schwartz uptown. Yeah. What could possibly happen there? <laughs> she went down the down escalator. I was looking all over. She, <laughs> she got on the escalator and re didn't realize she was going down. She was like five years old. She didn't know what she was doing. How, how long was it until you found her? I like the time. Uh, how about me screaming from upstairs? They brought her right back up to me. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, uh, Zach was out of my sight. For maybe twenty seconds. Wow! Yeah. But when they vanish before your very eyes, you panic. Oh no! The worst no. feeling in the world, man. No, it's... but that's that's the kind of crowd it was. And I I, I ran into people down there uh, that I haven't seen in years. When I was a kid, we used to go to my to my father's best friend's uh, house in in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, which we called the country. Oh yeah, you know? and we did all uh, of that. Yeah. It was a bar on uh, on. Uh, Bayard Street, two blocks down from where my father had his place, was called Happy's. And I think it still is Happy's. I mean, Happy passed away a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, it had a parking lot next to it. And for you to have parking for your establishment is like you struck gold. Because there are no there's no parking down there. No. There was a small lot next to Happy's and a small knock a lot next to uh, Fellini's was just shut down. Other than that, I mean, you would have to park by the river and walk a mile and there's just nothing down and, there. And it's funny you should say that. The only other parking lot that I remember being down there was next to Luna. They had that oh, little one lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that tiny little there. Tiny like that little lot, which, you know, like you said. And during the feast, they were getting $20, $30. Then they realized they can't even, they closed the street down. You couldn't get from Canal Street oh, half a block to get your car. It would never come out oh, until midnight. It, it was there for five days. Yeah. He was, yeah. was stuck. Anyway, my friend, uh, I think it's time to sell something. Okay, please. 
We'll be right back and uh, pay attention to our commercials, man. We need the money, you know. We're, yeah. We're, we we get into winter. We got to buy some more for our coats or something. Yeah, Johnny needs a new Bentley. So <laughs> we'll be right back. God bless you. I'm now known as the Hollywood Godfather, and this is my story. I'm happy to say, Hollywood Godfather Rapography is now playing on most platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. Listen to Joel Ortiz, famous rapper and Arsenic the Heat record, multi-platinum producer for Sony. Produce this record. I'm proud of it. There's 12 tracks. You got to listen to this. You never know who you're lying in a room with So I broke a broomstick in half and let it groove with The concrete in the bathroom floor It had a new tip stashed it behind a toilet In case I ever had to use it All right, we're back Talking about Giuliani I mean, we should, call, we should title the show The Rise and Fall of Giuliani <laughs> I mean, the last yeah. image I saw with his makeup running down his face. I oh, that was that was that was humiliating. I mean, how and how not be aware of this is I, 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 that's what I don't understand. I'm like you and I are, are cut out of the same cloth. Our appearance is who maybe fifty percent of who we really are. Yeah, right. No, I'm not going out with my hair messed up and no. mascara yeah, yeah. running down my face from sweat. I mean, that's, I mean. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, you come from an Italian family uh, appearance, not trying to impress people, but the way you appear is, is, is the respect that you give yourself and other people that you're dealing with. That's how we're brought up. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and then always uh, will be, thank God. Yeah, and then you see uh, uh, Giuliano, Giuliani with that uh, with that comb over right in the beginning. I just got got to get rid of that thing. He looks like an idiot. Yeah, but he finally gets rid of that, and he, he and he just ballooned up. He started losing wives, uh, and now he's looking at an indictment out of North Carolina. I understand South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, we jumped so far forward that uh, we missed maybe 20 years of his life. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean. I mean, I, we, I just, we, were, we were just praising him for the 9-11, which was great. But I think we all sat back. I don't care who was the mayor at that time. I don't care. Even the governor at that time, and he got thrown out of office right after that but for philandering or something. But, you know. It's sort of focused. Yeah, but when you have that kind of world publicity, you're on the news around the world was watching 9-11, unfortunately. And I, as I, I mentioned, I was with Bill Clinton, and uh, I was getting up in the afternoon because we, we, that we were ahead of you guys, and I there were people, frogmen, coming down on from helicopter wires on the balcony of the St. Regis Hotel. I mean, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Double Bay. And I tried to get out of the suite, and Secret Services, Mr. Russo, go back to bed. I said, this frogman, he says, yes, we're here, to get, we're here to get the president. I said, what's going on? He said, turn the TV on. Did you turn the television on? I said, no. As soon as I turned the television on, I watched the second plane. I thought I was watching a movie. Yeah. Who ever thought? And I mean... And I was in, over there, as I said, I was there already about, I think, a month. And uh, I didn't come back because they closed down all the airports. And fortunately, the United States government gave me a lift to Naples, the air base, 
And I went there and I went and hung around in Europe for a year. I'd come back for a year. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever uh, related a story about the problem that I had with Giuliani. He wanted to lock me up. Did I tell you that story? No. Okay. I mean, from where we were brought up, I mean, back not talking about now, it's, I was still living in uh, New York, so we're talking about the late 80s. And I'm still hanging around that neighborhood. I still have friends there. I had a lot of Asian friends. Well, a lot of them uh, didn't grow up. They got involved in gangs. They got killed uh, doing time or whatever. But I still maintained a, a friendship with some of them. And the Italian guys, we used to meet in, in, uh, in Fellini's. Uh, maybe once a month or so. I, I, you know, I eat with these guys because I, I grew up with them. Anyway, somebody spots me there with uh, an, an Asian gangster. And I'm thinking, hey, they're all Asian gangsters. You know, I mean, was, you, you can't, you can't. They wouldn't be them. eating in Fellini's if they weren't gangsters. Exactly. You know, so anyway, fast forward about three or four weeks and it's July 12th, which is my birthday. And uh, I'm all set to go out. I was single at the time. I, I don't know who I, I was going out with, but it's, it's your birthday, you know, made plans. John Miller calls me up. Wow, you know, I John, remember that name. Yeah, calls me up. John Miller, th those of you who don't know, is a, a, a preeminent news broadcaster who uh, went on to be an assistant director of the FBI. He just retired from the NYPD as a deputy commissioner in charge of anti-terrorism. He uh, had the same position with the LAPD. And a great this guy. guy. What a great guy. And this guy. guy, John Miller, is the only person ever to sit down with Osama uh, bin Laden and interview him in his uh, hideout cave. Yeah. yeah. The only news uh, 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 American reporter ever. John is uh, an award-winning reporter. And he, him, him and I are friends. And uh, he and Giuliani were also friends. So anyway, Miller calls me up and he said, what are you doing? So I explained to him what's going on. I said, yeah, I'm on my way out to celebrate my, my uh, birthday with whoever I was seeing. He said, no, you're not. I said, well, what do you mean I'm not? He said, you have to meet with me right now. I said, I, I can't. I can't do that. I got this woman's waiting for me in, uh, in uh, this restaurant. He said, well, you're going to have to stand her up then. But there were no cell phones back then. You know, I mean, I, I could no way of me getting, getting a hold of her. He meets me with uh, an assistant U.S. attorney in McMullins. Do you remember McMullins? Oh, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was a, a model hangout, for those of you who don't know. Uh, women models. The guy who owned it was a former fashion photographer. So it was a hot spot. He used to go there all the time. Yeah. Anyway, now I'm starting to get scared. You know, I mean, I... Uh, oh, yeah, he don't just call anybody for that reason. No, <laughs> no. So, I would have said where and when. That's yeah, I exactly. Said. So, I mean, I, I forgot the girl. I forgot her name even. <laughs> so she's, she's gone. So I, I go down there. They're already there. And I always, when I go to go to meetings, uh, maybe I'm paranoid, but I always like to get there well ahead of time. So I get a lay of the land. I can get a, uh, a, 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 a chair at a table that faces a door. I mean, it's just the way I am. Anyway, I was not done it like a half an hour early. They're there ahead of me. And I said, now I got a, I got a real problem here. So here's the story. <laughs> John Miller's in uh, uh, Giuliani's office. Now he's the uh, 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 assistant federal prosecutor for the for the Southern District, which for those of you who don't know where that is, that's Brooklyn. Is, yeah. is the Southern District, not the Southern State. So Giuliani, Giuliani, that's all the wise guys. 
He, uh, well, he, he even had Bin Laden. Everybody came out of that. That uh, yeah, courthouse. everybody got everybody came out of the Southern District. Yeah, it's the preeminent. Uh, you know, if you can prosecute there, your career is made. If you win, of course. Yeah. But anyway, he's in Giuliani's office. He's talking to him, and Giuliani says, "Well, I, I, I think I got myself a crooked cop." Now, prosecutors love to arrest police officers for obvious reasons. It makes the press gets a gets a, 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 a you know corrupt cop off the street and they love it. And Giuliani says, I, I got a guy. He says, I'm 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 gonna impanel a grand jury, unless it was already impaneled for something else, I remember. And he says, I'm gonna get an indictment on him. So uh, uh, John says, Well, who is it? And Giuliani mentions my name. And John Miller was flabbergasted. He said, Let me tell you something. You know, he's a very good friend of mine. I did well, we did favors for each other, but uh, I don't want to go into that. But uh, John and I, we, we had trust, loyalty, and he knew me and I knew him. And he said, you know, this guy is an honest cop. You can't do this. What did he do? Well, he had dinner with, and he uh, uh, mentioned uh, one of the higher up echelons of the ghost shadows. And, you know, they, they, granted, they, they were bad guys, but you can sit and eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but yeah. if it wasn't for John Miller, and so here was the deal. Giuliani said, okay. I'm going to send down, and he mentions this uh, assistant prosecutor that worked with him that was at the table in McMullen's. He said, you and he go down there and and, and have your friend, me, uh, uh, meet there. And whatever this guy thinks, whatever this prosecutor thinks, is going, he's going to decide whether we take this to the grand jury or not. Well, I didn't know that sitting down. Wow. He just said, John just said, I want you to meet, and he introduces me. But he told me what the problem was. But yeah. I was I was as, as, as calm as I could be. And I just started, to, you know, talking to him. I told him what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I teach college. I'm doing this. I'm a polygraphist. I got a business. I got this. I got that. Never had a problem in my life on the job ever. I mean, I got lots of complaints. But if you're active, you're going to get a, lots of civilian complaints anyway. But uh, but I, there was no, it was never one iota of corruption or anything that was attached to my name. And the guy looked at me and he said, you know, and then he told me why he was there specifically. He said, I'm a good judge of character, and I, you know, John and I go back a long way. You don't have a problem. But Giuliani was ready to lock me up. Oh, yeah. Just he, he was just headlines, headlines, headlines. Just That's for having he, lasagna, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when I went for my gaming license, it was very funny because I hired Jeffrey Silva, who was the head of the gaming commission in Nevada. He just stepped down after eight years. You're only allowed to have that position. So I knew I was going to have problems because my first gaming license, 100%, I was the only licensed um, owner in the state of Nevada that was Italian. <laughs> hey. And I'm Johnny Russo from the movie The Godfather. Now, I went for Jeff Silva, and he was with uh, Collins, uh, what was the name of the firm, major firm, all, all Mormons, they brought him on. So we sat and talked and we strategized. He said, Johnny, you're going to get denied. I said, I think I have a theory, though. He said, tell me your theory. I said, I, I told him. He said, okay, here's what we're going to do. When we go, you, got to, you have two hearings, first in Clark County and then up in Nevada. And these people are people in the business that sit on this thing and they vote you up and down, whether you get it or don't. And you see, most people don't realize, like in Atlantic City, even anywhere where the voters voted in gambling, it's the community that voted it in. It's not legalized. 
Like everybody thinks gaming is legalized in Nevada or in Atlantic City. No, it's recognized by the mass citizens of that community. And okay, I collect- once they voted in, once they voted in, excuse me for interrupting, do they have to re-vote it in every election day? Oh, not every election day, no. Once they voted in, the only way it goes out is it's a lot of corruption voted and, and voted out. But why I'm saying that is that a lot of people think, you know, and I asked the question, I said, wait a minute, it's legal here. They said, no, it's not. It's recognized by the boards who are headed for the communities. And they will- have some power. Oh, no kidding, man. So I said, here, okay, I, I got I got I'll handle this myself. I said, you be there with me, but before, because you invest all your money. You could build a, a, a high-rise hotel and think you had a casino and you got 90,000 square feet sanctioned to it. Till they inspect it and say, okay, now come in for a hearing. And I'll tell you a story about Kirk O'Corran right after this, that he thought he didn't have to do this. But anyway, so I said, okay, when before we go to the board, can I approach all the commissioners off the record? Because you could do anything you want off the record. And I knew most of them. You know, they're all your people that you, owners of hotels or whatever, they take a position and want to justify their being also. So I approached the board, and I said, uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for seeing me prior to the hearing. But, and, and you pay for your own investigation. It's like $80,000 a month. So they were 80 grand a month. Jeez. And they had people flying. Mine was high because they had people flying up here to question people about me. Are they nuts going to Mulberry Street? There's people about me. Half the town hated me. Half the town liked me. So I approached it, and I said, listen. I know every mobster probably in every city by their first name, but in their homes, and you probably have film of me doing that. Plus, I said, I'm from a motion picture The Godfather. Plus, I'm a singer. Every nightclub in Chicago, Kansas City, are owned by the mob. If you're not familiar with the mob, you're not going to work. But here I am, never been arrested, never had a traffic ticket. I think I was like 38 years old. I said, and I built my building. Here's what I'd like you to do. Give me a year's temporary license. And if you find one violation, I'll give you the building. But you got to give me an opportunity. That's fair. More than fair. And I sat down, Jeffrey Silva says, that was genius. You're going to get this. I said, all I want is a year. Let me prove myself. Up to this point, I never had a problem. You think I'm putting my money in this club called State Street to lose it all? Yeah. And they granted me the license. And, and you never had a problem there? Never. And then I, I solved another big problem because, I mean, this may surprise most of our audience also. There's no locks on any doors in Nevada if you have a gaming license. They have to have full access 24 hours a day. Really? So I approached them again. Now I felt, you know, eager. And I said, you know, we, we in a closing hearing, coming back for my final, I said, and I had a whole, because I, I did my homework, how many inspectors are on a job? There was 48. I got there. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm opening up very high-end, and I, they were all there at the parties. I had the parties. I didn't open this one's for the public. I did this for 
having everybody come and see the, the atmosphere and how it was. And basically, in people who know State Street, even to today, you had to ring a bell, and a guy like a Steve Sharippa, who worked for me also, would open the peephole. It created a mystique that you yeah. go into the sophisticated place, which it was. Yeah, like, yeah, like I said, 1920 speakeasy. Right. Yeah. So I said, and, and they said, I said, I have these keys here. They say, what are all those keys for? I said, your inspectors have to have access. I bought a key for everyone, and they can come anytime they want. Now you're going to stop me. <laughs> yeah. They must have loved that. Oh, my God. I had them. But, I, you know, I lasted for almost nine years there. Well, you, you did the right thing. You, were all, you weren't looking to cut corners, and you were a legitimate businessman. You know, it, it, if you're not doing anything wrong, who, who gives a damn? Yeah, I'm not uh, in the Yeah. Yeah. It's like even when John Gotti got into position, he called me and he, you know, and he says, I heard you're opening this place. I said, yeah. He says, uh, I want 100 slot machines. I said, great. And I heard silence because I guess he didn't <laughs> think I was going to say great. I said, form a corporation by some people. I don't know if you've ever broke the law or anything. I was playing naive. I said, get a corporation in Nevada, prove who the investors are, and I'll give you 100 slot machines. He's going to be a wise guy. I said, yeah, no. just put them in there. I said, that's what I had to do. Mm. I just can't give people a hundred slot machines and Spalacha wants a hundred machines. What are we doing here? We think they're stupid. Yeah. But that's the way to do it. Get some people to front you. John, I'll give you them. So he yeah. couldn't he couldn't get mad at me. He ran to the old man. He said, well, he gave yeah. you a way to do it. Do it. Because I, yeah. already, I, already, <laughs> I, already, I already let Gambino know what he was trying to do. <laughs> and O'Neill loved me, so there was no problems. But So, you know, Getting back uh, to to, uh, to to Giuliani, he makes a half-assed attempt to, to clean up the San Gennaro Festival. He cleans up the full fish market. I don't know. You know, it, it's, uh, it looks better now, but the prices, as soon as they put civilians in there, the prices skyrocketed. But anyway, what what do you think precipitated this guy's downfall? He had the world by the short hairs, this guy. Oh, no kidding, man. What happened? What, what's your theory? Well, I, I, again, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, as you know, you know, me, like nobody knows me. I never was political. I, yeah, you know, I, do, I donated money to the Democrats. I donated money to Republicans. I, I think he was grandstanding. And he had no, I mean, I mean great you at 9-11 every day. But what did you do lately? And his association is a couple of people. One, unfortunately, I think his biggest downfall was Trump. Well, he did do such a good job by uh, making Bernie Carrick his police commissioner. Bernie Carrick was his driver, and he makes him the police commissioner. I didn't know that. I, again, I don't. I don't know. He was, he was his driver, Carrick. Oh, I remember we went to jail leaving that guy. He did four years, I believe, for uh, for consorting. Uh, he was also taking his uh, his uh, mistress. To one of the apartments that was set aside for the uh, first first responders down at the, at the pile, at the World Trade Center, you know, mm. to go there, take a shower, relax. Right, right. right. Yeah, he took the thing over for his bimbo. Oh and that didn't God. make him look. I mean, it's not a crime, but it certainly didn't make him look. Hello, like no, I don't think so. Not if you want to run for office, right? No, he was, he, Carrick was everywhere. He was on uh, Oprah with his book. His uh, mom was a prostitute who was killed, and he wrote the book about his about his mom. And he was on Oprah. He was he was nominated by the second president Bush 
to be head of Homeland Security. Wow. And it just on, on, on the South Lawn, uh, um, never forget the soundbite. Bush is introducing him. He said, I've just nominated uh, uh, Police Commissioner Carrick, NYPD Commissioner Carrick, to be the head of Homeland Security. Now, if I was Bernie Carrick, you know, you know that that's going to be a very, very highly vetted position. I was just going to say. I would have turned By every it down. department in the world. Yeah, I would have turned it down very reluctantly. Said I cannot serve because I want you know usually I want to spend more time with my family. <laughs> but he decides because of his ego, he decides he's going to take the job, and that's what screwed him. They, then they found out about who, who his connections are. He had all kinds of construction work done in his house for next to nothing. Oh, I remember that too. For like fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of work. He couldn't ridiculous no price. Yeah. He had the no interest loans. Anyway, he wound up doing four years. Uh, you know, his star has descended nationally. But I think that's what started Giuliani. On I just family. saw him in the news play thing recently. Oh, Look. he's around. He owns, a, he owns a consulting company now, I believe. I mean, he, look, the guy did his time. He's, he's uh, you know, he's legitimate now. I don't know if he's successful or not. But did if you he just is say that him, with a straight face? He's yeah. legitimate now? <laughs> When you make easy, I'm, I'm, when you I, make I, easy money, you find a new way to do it. I mean, I've been doing it all my life. <laughs> innocent to proven guilty. There you, you go. Know? Well, he was well, already proven guilty. I mean, I look at my experience almost getting indicted. You know, the people say, "Oh, he got indicted. He's got to be guilty." An indictment means that there's enough evidence to take you to trial. That's all it means. Of course. You know, it's and but people see indictment and it does taint the jury pool. Well, of course. Oh, he got indicted. Would, yeah. He's got to be guilty. You know, so I, I have great sympathy for people who are uh, accused of stuff. You know, I want to see evidence. So if, if he's doing, uh, you know, the legitimate business and you, you put that all behind him, good for him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what, right, I don't know what he's doing, but, you know, we'll assume that uh, everything is fine now. But, uh, I, you know, I, I see Giuliani sometimes. As, it just breaks my heart to see what he was and what he's become. Oh, I mean, now more so than ever. And, and I, I can't believe... I don't know who's behind it. I do know, but I, I won't say it because he, he's a friend of mine putting the money up. But why is his son running? His son's running for governor? Is he, he is? kidding me? His son, is running. his son is running for governor of New York right now. Does anybody know that? Well, <laughs> he got uh, he got 17% of the vote in a, in a debate. He's been in debates. and Oh, you're not here anymore. He's in debates what hell is he debating? He's not debating the governor. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's de he's, deba he's debating the governor to, because she don't forget she was appointed after Cuomo left. Now she's got to get voted in. And okay, she, but she doesn't. She won't even debate Zeldin, who is creeping up on her in the polls. She's going to debate debate uh, Giuliani's son. I doesn't even know his name. They were all. They were all on the TV show. Really? Yeah, already. But I anyway. Mean, he does, he, he does I mean, I don't know why he's. Get, put the kid in the closet and leave, leave him there. <laughs> you well, he, just, he, wants to, he wants to be like uh, like his father. I, Unindicted, I, hopefully, but, you know. Yeah, hold on. Dad. But anyways, uh, but, uh, anyway, uh, I saw pictures of the first day of the uh, San Gennaro feast. Had it on one of the local news stations here. It just looks so orderly. And, oh, yeah. And I, I don't like Waterly down there. No. You, you, want, you want the craziness, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, and and it, so it many cops. I have oh. friends went down. I won't go down. I haven't been down in four years. But they said that the 
police presence, which is great because it keeps safety. But there's yeah. like four or five on each corner and very whoever prominent. Need, whoever needed safety for the festival, for the feast. They never locked their doors down there. They, still. They, still. They, yeah. Now they do. No, no, that's still anymore because oh, yeah. everybody uh, moved out. Everybody's in Staten Island and Brooklyn and the, all, all the mob people have. You know, they live in, out of the borough. Once they leave, yeah. the, the borough you know, is different. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about that. You know, come to think of it, when I was down there, I did. I never had a key in my life when I was a kid. No, you come home and walk the door was open. No, you just open the door. I, I, I just took it for granted. Oh yeah. You know that you just open the door and walk in. Yeah, I never had a key. No, I mean it's it's a totally different time. I, I, you know, and I like the memories of uh, when I was a kid down there. Now it's like you know. There's a lot of wannabes. You got to weed it out. And I didn't want to. Why do I care what you do? If you think you're a mobster, great, great, love it. They're good for you. No, I have a yeah. couple of guys, and, and you whisper my ear. You know, I got my button. I said, really? I said, well, we're using Velcro now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, Their buttons. As, Get the as, hell as, out of here. As part of the feast coverage, I think it was NBC who had it. They they did about 20 seconds on the the old Ravenite. Oh my God. Which is a shoe store. Oh yeah. Oh sure, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel sorry for these these guys. A lot of them, you know, you have decent people in every walk of life, and for the majority, you know, you're not dealing with nice people here. But I, I sort of got a a, a wave of of, of uh, reminiscence for the old days. I'm looking at I'm looking at a shoe store. I know. Well, that glass. Raven Knight was that that was like the the epicenter of the neighborhood. Oh no, kidding, man! It was. Yeah. Hello. There was, yeah. there was always a hundred years of good behavior in that club every day. <laughs> and you could always, you know, turn around and wave to the building across the street because, you know, oh, the, 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 FBI, yeah. the FBI agents. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? No, but I mean, it's, uh, it, and that's why another, again, you know, me, what am I going to go down there for and do what? That's, uh, it's, it's over. Well, you'd be you'd recognize, shake hands, you know, goodwill stuff. But but goodwill for who? I don't know. I don't know the guy who's the Chinese guy now is selling this and the Mexican is selling that. This, you know, they, they, he made it diversified. One thing we didn't mention: no. you had to have a proportion of all the stands. Some had to go to Latin American. Some had to go to black. Some had to go, and they were looking at each other and they let it go. They had to. No, I mean years ago there was only Catholic. I mean only I don't want to say Catholics, but only Italians. That had stands on that street. Now that you could sell anything, then they do. Well, you know, there, there, there isn't anything wrong with having it uh, diversified, but I would imagine that the food isn't up to par anymore. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I know a couple of people who still have that Italian pride. Their stands are. The Italians are, but I mean, how do you make Italian food if you, if you don't grow up with it? I, I know. Mean, you can always follow a recipe, but these oh, people yeah. don't follow no, but I mean, you know, my, my grandmother couldn't even read it in her own language. And she, she could cook up a storm. Nobody followed recipes. Just make what you make. Well, you even people in my kitchen, they come, they say, how do you make uh, How much should I I say, I don't know. I just shake it in and I make it. I look at it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't exactly. know. A recipe. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a recipe. But Giuliani. But, you know, I, I I don't know the guy. I've been in his company several times. And uh, and people if who's listening to this will tell you this. Ever mm-hmm. since I knew what he did, and I've been in on a dais even with him, and he went to shake my hand. I wouldn't shake his hand. And I'm, I'm, I'm a very prominent person. I won't mention his name. He said, you're not shaking his hand. I said, why? I don't like the gun. Because now he's here. i got to shake his hand. And he was standing there. 
But I didn't like it. So what does that mean? I got I got to like I shake his hand because I'm sitting in a dais where you know. I don't That's believe anything you're saying. I wouldn't do it. Well, I really enjoyed the stroll down memory lane. Me too, man. I always do. Yeah, I like talking about this stuff. It just it makes me sad in a way, but it it makes me happy to understand that that, that, that the feast is still ongoing and it will always be ongoing, no matter how they try to destroy it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you're so right because you know, as as we saw this campaign about this and that. I mean, I had people who are not even Italian up here in where I live in the Upper East Side. And they said, "John, do you hear they're not selling Godfather stuff at the feast?" I said, "No, they're selling Soprano stuff, though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I about mean, different part of Italy. I mean, that's that's how idiotic it made everybody look." What are you talking about? You if know, I was yeah. anything, I should come down the neighborhood and see the mobsters sitting around with everybody. There'd be, there'd be an attraction. Everybody wants it. Why do people go to Vegas? Everybody thought the pit bosses were gangsters. Yeah. How'd they get the job if they weren't? Okay, that's that's the mentality you want. But we don't want to talk about that part. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, so uh, what are we going to do next week? Next week, we should do... Uh, we need a mailbag. We got to do a mailbag. Yeah, client, client, uh, uh, listener emails and oh, stuff. Please, I think yeah. we have a, that, that, that's for next week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Yeah, and we want to mention something that uh, Pat and I are so adamant about. In fact, we were dwelling on this for three and a half years. The closing line in our book is Yes, You Can. And we're yeah. going to have some great news about supporting people who want to do something and think they can't. Yeah. We're, we're going to influence you that you can. Good night, yeah. everybody. Have a great week, day, and life. Good night, Gianni. See Good you next week. Bye. All right. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell Thank me you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around.